1: Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, I've got a lovely lady. Her name is Hara Bloom, and she's living currently in a lovely place called Bali. And I'm so jealous, actually, because it's always been a place that I'd love to visit and love to go to. So hello there, Hara.
2: Hello, Lynn. Hi. Hmm. Good afternoon. I know that it's your morning there in Spain and it's coming towards the end of my evening here in Bali. Sunset time and time for coconuts and beach. (sighs) (laughs)
0: Sounds
1: wonderful. (laughs) Sounds really wonderful. So, Hara, on today's podcast we're going to be talking about knowing your self-worth and I know you've got, you know, a personal story that relates to that. So, it'd be lovely for the audience to listen to a little bit more about you and how this affected your life and uh, you know what you did to to transform and, and change things for yourself so just give the audience a little taste of um a little bit about what's got you to where you're at right now uh, around knowing your self worth
2: yeah absolutely thank you Lynn so um yeah what's got me here is um and why I do the work that I do now is because technically I was my client 7 years ago When I left England seven years ago, I was working at the BBC, working in a career that was supposed to be, you know, the key to my happiness. Um, But I was unfulfilled and I had a lot of self-doubt, neglected my authenticity and constantly looked outside of myself for validation and approval from others and didn't feel confident in being able to assert my needs and my desires. And I didn't know my own self-worth. And I was in and out of relationships that weren't healthy, and I was constantly overstepping myself and um, not able to own my boundaries, um, what I needed and desired. And I knew that something really needed to change. And at this time, my best friend suddenly passed away, which gave me a huge wake-up call, um, you know, to know that life could be taken away so quickly. And I knew that I needed to be living as, you know, my full self. So, Um, I ended up buying a one-way ticket to Australia, spent four months in silence living at an ashram and learned everything I could about myself and to rebuild my self-confidence, my self-worth and to heal, grow and evolve into the person I am today.
1: Wow. And I I do think part of the process of getting to the place where we know our own self-worth takes that time alone, doesn't it? You know, more or less not hermiting or cutting yourself off completely but at least allowing and giving yourself the space and time to allow that time for self-reflection and introspection.
2: Yeah absolutely I think I was or I know that I was so caught up listening to the voices of everybody else and as I said I was so used to finding my self-worth and finding my confidence and needing that validation from the outside and I knew that I had to kind of turn all that noise off from the outside and really go inside of myself to find that within myself and to not continue to make anyone else responsible for that.
1: Excellent, love that. So give me some practical insights into what it looked like for you before you did that you know what was happening so that the audience gets some examples of something they might currently be able to relate to that's
2: going on for them right now absolutely so um I can give examples from my a few previous relationships Um, in my previous relationships I was you know finding it really as I said I needed validation and approval from um my relationship, I really struggled to ask for what I needed. I wasn't able to put my own needs first. Um, so I often put the, the needs of my partner first, thinking that they were more important than mine. Um, and in the relationship that I'm in now, it's of course a lot different to how it was then because we've evolved and grown and learned together. Um, a prime example of this was um, I wasn't able to ask for my needs because um, sorry, the example is that uh, he would be busy at work, and you know, I would I would passively aggressive say to him, "You never have time for me," and it would come out in that um, passive aggressiveness because I wasn't able to ask for what I needed, um, and I wasn't able to to express how I was feeling, and um, so yeah, I would say, "You never have time for me," um, you know, "You never want to spend time for me." So often, often at times, I was very passive aggressive and um didn't get my needs met because I didn't go about I didn't go about it in expressing it the right way
1: no and I think it's very common isn't it to point the finger of blame at at our partner and actually say um you never or you always and then whatever it is that you're dissatisfied about and obviously then they're going to receive it um in a way that's going to probably make them be quite defensive and and that's not an attractive trait at all is it
2: no yeah it's um as you say you know or as I said earlier on it's about being responsible for ourselves and I think once I realized that and I stopped looking outside of myself um, and realized that only I could do that work and only I was I was responsible for having my own needs met then I started to learn myself and actually started to meet my own needs and also
1: become more of an effective communicator so rather than you know, point the finger of blame at your partner and saying you never have time for me or you're always busy or something like that, you know, probably say something along the lines around making it about you and what you want, you know, and it'd say it'd be wonderful to spend more time with you rather than, you know, the way you were communicating
2: previously. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So what did it look like when you were... um looking for external validation could you give the audience some tips around you know how you were doing that and what that looked like Mm.
2: external validation it was a lot around um you know it was a lot around my relationships with men and especially if they would find me sexy and desireful, and if they would want to take me out on a date, for example, that would kind of, um, what I thought at the time would fill my cup. Um, but of course, that was like the most unhealthy way to, to grow my confidence and grow my sense of self-worth because it lived outside of me. So it would often come from, um, as I said, if a, if a man wanted to go on a date with me and if a man wanted to make love with me and if a man wanted to um you know have me as his girlfriend then I would feel like oh wow okay I I've done it and that would be kind of like my confidence boost
1: yeah no I get that I've been through that phase myself yeah, yeah definitely so um I just wanted to as I say to to give a practical example so the audience listening now could think you know whether they are in that sort of mindset themselves and um, because I firmly believe you know there's a choice that we have in any moment and the choice is either to go with our 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 ego and our head which is fear you know from a place of fear uh, and unworthiness and, and doubt and worry or you know get in tune with our heart and uh, come from a place of love and abundance and and knowing that you are you know absolutely amazing valuable worthy human being
2: yeah absolutely so sorry are you looking for a, a different example then
1: no 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 I mean if you've got other examples that would be great to share that would be great to share just from a point of view of the audience understanding what things um that they might be doing that would be a tick in terms of yeah. them looking for external validation in their life rather than knowing it and feeling worthy within themselves
2: yeah so how this sometimes plays out is kind of um as i talked about kind of suppressing our own needs and our own desires in order to put somebody else's needs and desires before our own Um, and how this can look is for example we we neglect our authenticity or we shape ourselves and change ourselves in order to fit in in order to be liked in order to get that approval from somebody else Um, and we, you know, we, for example, we know our um, internal value system, but we keep, uh, we put our values to one side, and don't necessarily stick to, to to our values and what we want in a relationship or what we want out of a life partner because we, um, we too, yeah, we too easily put ourselves to to the side. I'm not sure that that answers your question.
1: It does. It does. <laughs> I, I think. What you're trying to say is that you know regardless whether it's a romantic relationship or another relationship you know we're we're coming from a place of people pleasing because we we don't feel we measure up and we're not necessarily consciously aware are we that we're doing that you know unless we get educated through having these sorts of conversations and get you know these messages out there to people you know quite often we're doing this without realizing Um, that that's what we're exuding to others and and that's why we're not getting what we necessarily want or desire in our relationships so I think it's important to keep sharing these messages because um, this is all happening under the bonnet so to speak sometimes isn't it?
2: Yeah absolutely and I you know from my personal experiences what I've really learned is that for me the root cause of not feeling worthy and not feeling that inner confidence and not being, therefore not being able to have my needs met and being able to ask for what I need has stemmed for me from child, my childhood experiences. And that's often what I find in the work that I do with my clients that, you know, the some experiences that you have from your childhood now shape your belief system around why you feel like, for example, your needs are not valid or important, which was the case for me. When I was wanting to spend more time with my partner but passively aggressive saying, you never have time for me. It's because I didn't feel like if I asked for what I needed, I didn't feel like that was valid or important. So let's say, for example, as a child, you were always told you were too demanding or too much and you were shut down by your parents or your caregivers. This could have formed the belief that, you know, having needs is not normal and it's not okay. And then you grew up believing this and therefore now asking for what you need in your adult life becomes really difficult and therefore very difficult in your relationships.
1: I can relate to that completely because in my childhood, you know, grew up in um, the, the sort of 60s and 70s where my environment was um, very volatile. You know, my parents argued a lot um, and we were shut down. You know, we, we were literally told kids to see them but not heard. So we didn't wow. feel like we had a voice uh yes i can absolutely relate to that
2: yeah 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 i can uh also relate to that and just i feel you know my story in particular was that i was always very independent and self-reliant as a child and very uh self-responsible um which you know and i I didn't really i want to be careful how i say this (laughs) (laughs) I didn't really have the space to have my needs met as a child because my parents were otherwise engaged in other things and busy. Therefore, for me, it was very, very difficult to ask what I needed because I'd always been this self-reliant, I can do it on my own kind of person. Um, and then when I came into my relationships, as I, you know, the relationships that I'm in now, for me, that was it was very, very difficult to navigate that and um I've spent a lot of time um I guess uncovering and unpacking all of that and how that has impacted me and um just being a lot kinder and more compassionate to myself with with having that knowledge that's really really helped me
1: I can 100% relate because I think you know these days you know obviously it's very common for both parents to work and I've got no objection with that at all you know um Um, But quite often, because parents are so busy and don't really have time for their children, if that child is a child that does need that emotional connection, because we all have different love languages, don't we? And for my parents, I think their love language was that we're providing, you know, so because they were providers, we never really wanted for much. It's not so we was wealthy, but we was always okay financially. Um, we had you know the luxury in those days, which wasn't very common, of going abroad on holidays. We had the luxury of having uh, two cars when it wasn't common for to have to, uh, two cars in a family, and we had a you know a nice home. Uh, and never really wanted for anything in terms of you know birthday and Christmas presents. But for me, as a child, that physical touch and emotional um, connection was my love language it always made me have the, the belief then that uh, you know um, um, money or wealth or material things equaled no love. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Interesting yeah and have you been able to kind of? I'm, I'm sure you know, being the age that you're at now, you've been able to really understand that and to work with that throughout your life, and been able to kind of transform that um, yeah. thinking.
1: Yeah. yeah, absolutely, I have. Yeah. You know, I, it it stood me a good stead because I've never really felt any lack where money is concerned because you know it wasn't a lack for me growing up. So it served me there, but what it did do. Um, from a relationship point of view was um, you know impact my relationships because I always felt that you know um, and also I suppose my ambition in a way materialism was never high on my list but then I realized Mm -hmm. you know what you can create wealth to do good you know so my reason for creating wealth is to make a difference and contribute back it's not about me having luxury items although that's nice you know it is it's nice to have a nice home and uh, nice things but it's not a high priority for me
2: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely
1: so it's a case of reframing things for yourself uh, as to what it actually means to you that's different and um that that you know asking yourself does this serve me to have this thought or belief or or doesn't it and if it doesn't you're not getting the results you want, then it's a case of looking at it and, and questioning it and changing it, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it is. And it's, you know, it's that telling yourself a new kind of story. And it's like, although this happened to me in my childhood and this is the experience that I had, I am not that child anymore. And I'm, you know, I am the adult now, kind of looking back on that experience. And how can I empower myself here in this experience so that I can you know, have experienced this life in the fullness of who I am and reach my full potential and have my needs met and have the most juicy and fulfilling relationships. Because when we, when we are able to, you know, to have that confidence and that self-worth and ask for what we need, our, everything just becomes so much more effortless and graceful and everything just falls into place.
1: Yeah, absolutely, 100% agree. And I always used to be um, mindful of rocking the boat in my relationships, you know. I used to be reluctant to ask for what I wanted because, uh, I and I've said this in previous podcasts, but, you know, as a child, again, you know, I had I want more or less trained out of me because, you know, if ever I said I want to my parents, I'd get the response, I want, don't get. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, wow. yeah, it was... a. Uh, uh, you know um realizing that you know it's okay to ask for what you want but it's it's a, it's a tonality a voice that you use and the way you the, the way you ask for what you want you know is it from a place of greed or lack <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you fear? or yeah is it from a place of you know what this is going to really make you know fill me up and it's from a place of love and um you know abundance and uh desire
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think I said this a little bit earlier or something along the lines, like, it's also in the relationship, it's not anybody else's responsibility to make sure that our needs get met. You know, it's our responsibility to make sure that they are expressed. And also in a relationship, if your needs aren't being met, like some of your basic needs, like safety, security, um, communication, like whatever it is that you value, if they're not being met, then you know, maybe it's a case of going, just asking yourself, does this relationship really align? Does it support you to be the best possible version of yourself? And I think it's also important to remember that having needs is perfectly normal. Like it's it's almost like normalizing selfishness. It's okay to be selfish and it's okay to prioritize ourselves. And that's actually really important and something that I have learned a lot and I have been continually told you're selfish. You know, you do what you want. You're selfish, and I used to be very, very uh, triggered by that um, many years ago. And now I, I embrace that. I say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am. and I'm, I'm glad that I am because it's led me to where I am now. And, um, yeah, it's prioritizing self is important.
1: Yeah, and I don't think it is selfish to be, uh, um, you know, prioritizing your self care you know because without you being in a position where you like you referred to having your cup full you know and being responsible for making sure your cup was full you can't be Mm -hmm. the best for other people so you know it it, for me it isn't selfish to be you know to look after yourself and and prioritize your own self-care
2: yeah absolutely it's not and um if, if, you know, if we don't look after ourselves, then no one's going to do it for us. So no. we have to learn to, to be that for ourselves, for sure. And I
1: also want to make it clear that if you are listening to this and realising that um, you've uh, made these mistakes for yourself in the past, that it's all normal, you know, um, don't beat yourself up. You're not alone. <laughs> We've all done it, haven't we, Hara?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the, the thing to remember here is that it's a process and it's a learning and it's an unfolding and it's like relearning yourself again and learning where you're, you know, learning where, for example, you've had experiences in your childhood that may be impacting your ability now to be able to know your worth and ask for what you want. And knowing that we've all had these experiences or some some similar experiences and that it's important to be patient and kind and and loving and compassionate with ourselves along the way as we learn and grow because it's not something that we get taught in school or it's not something that I learned from my parents it's something that I've had to go out and to actively learn and to actualize and to implement into my life.
1: So what sort of um, lessons have you learned personally then so for example whereby you would have um, said things like you you never Have time for me. never want
2: to spend time with me.
1: Yeah. What 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 would be different now in how you express something like that to your partner?
2: Oh my goodness, it's so different. And um, I was, you know, as I was kind of thinking about this topic, and because it's something that I speak to my audience about often, and thinking about where I was, I guess. Well, when when I met my partner, where I was when I met my partner. It's not something that I had mastered when I met my partner. We've very, it's very much happened in the relationship with his support and we've kind of both been in the trenches and dug ourselves out together and yeah. And it's, you know, it's been the most loving and supportive relationship and he's really been, he's incredible and he's been kind of holding, holding my hand through the process, but As I said, it's not something that I just kind of like showed up to the relationship with and like, oh, now I can speak my needs and, you know, things are different. It's something that we have consciously done in the relationship and that we both show up to and that we both keep ourselves accountable for. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that's really helped me is I've been learning, um, we call it authentic communication, authentic relating tools um, that I have been actively going to workshops for so that I can bring that back to my relationship and workshop that inside of my relationship um, to improve the communication in the relationship. Um, so as before, I would have been passive aggressive and I wouldn't have been able to ask what I need. And I would say, you never have time for me. And, um, you know, you're always working. Now it's very different. Now I'm able to recognize what I actually need um, before I go out and outwardly you know, express and before I'm passive aggressive. So I'm going, okay, I'm noticing that I feel, um, I feel disconnected from my partner, for example. Okay, if I feel disconnected, then what do I need in order to feel more connected to him? Okay, well, I need to express how I'm feeling. So I will approach him and I'll say, hey, um, I really love, first of all, I, I ask for like a, his permission in a way, And I say, I would really love to quickly check in. Have you got a moment to talk about X, Y, and Z? Something's been on my mind. I'm feeling disconnected in a relationship. And I realize right now you might be busy with work. When would be a good time to talk about that? And he might come back and say, I'm available in five minutes. Or can we talk tonight? So I'm kind of getting his permission to see whether there is space in that moment, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and I think Um, it's important, especially, sorry to interrupt, but, um, you know, where men are concerned, they're very singularly more or less um, one task at a time focused. So if you are interrupting him at a time when he is focused on something (laughs) else, it's not a good time to have that conversation, is it?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, (laughs) Oh, that so resonates. Absolutely. Very... uh, my partner isn't the best at multitasking and he'll say, I can't, I can't do all these things at once. And I'll, I'll say, but you're just doing this and you're just doing that. So it's not, it's not that much, but yeah, the point I guess that I'm trying to make is that, you know, it's, it's choosing the right time to have that conversation. You don't want to have it when he's in the middle of a stressful work situation or like when he's in the middle of a business call or something like this. So it's choosing the time, Um, when he you know when he actually has space to be able to hear what you need so that would be my first kind of approach and then my second uh, approach would be always or trying to always uh, share my appreciation so so expressing something like you know what I appreciate about us what I appreciate about him and our relationships or something like I really love you and I would really love it um, I'm really grateful to be, you know, to be in this relationship together. And I would really love it if we could spend more quality time together, for example. Um, so first of all, expressing what you appreciate, appreciate about him. And then comes in about um, expressing what you would need more of um, in the relationship. So you would say something like, I would, I would really love it if we could spend one night a week together. Um, and then you would get clear examples if we could have one night a week where it was just me and you with no phones on, it, no laptops. And then I would go so far as like making the request. So it's expressing what you need and then expressing um, your request, making your request. So you would say something like, how about we have Thursday nights together? Um, just me and you f- from 5 pm. we cook dinner together and we spend the evening doing something nice. How does that sound? Would you like that also? And then you're asking for the feedback. And sometimes you don't you're not always met with the feedback that you would like or you're not always met with like a straight yes. And sometimes it's a negotiation. It's like, well, Thursday doesn't work for me. How about Friday? And how about we do something different? Um, but this is just a really good framework to 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 use you know it sounds a little bit complicated but once you start getting into the swing of things it's like showing appreciation for them and what you're enjoying about the relationship and what you enjoy about them you know expressing what you need more of and then making a request Um, so it's a yeah it's a really simple process and now I'm at the point where I'm using a process similar to this of course it's different in different times and it's, it's such a joy to be able to ask for what I want and have my needs met. I feel so empowered in doing so, whereas before I would have felt very resistant, very shut down, very disconnected from myself and my partner, very unfulfilled in the relationship, but really unable to to ask, unable to speak because of this. Um, I didn't, like I said before, like I didn't feel like my needs were valid or important and I didn't feel like they were welcome. So I think that's the importance of doing that, almost that groundwork that's important to, to having your needs, to so knowing your worth and to having your needs met. I feel that's a really important piece um, that a lot of us overstep or overlook.
1: I love that example you get because it's a, it's it's, again, you know, reinforcing that you don't go into the conversation saying... You never or you're always blah, blah, blah with an accusatory tone of voice. But, um, you know, you make it about, you know, what you would like. And I love that you said, you know, show appreciation before you actually even mention that, because, you know, your partner is more open to listening to what you've got to say next. If he's been shown appreciation before you actually say how you feel and what you want. Uh, absolutely whereas, you know if you're going into that conversation saying you never or you're always that that's it they just shut up and they're not going to listen from that point onwards are they really or if they do, they're just going to meet it with um defensiveness
0: or yeah
2: for sure yeah and you know expressing this this appreciation in a way is like the, in the work that I've done in conflict resolution, it's a perfect tool for conflict resolution in any relationship. When you express to somebody what you, appreciate, what you appreciate about them or what you appreciate about the relationship that you're having with them, whether that be your intimate partner or in another relationship, it dissolves so much, um, uh, what's the word, barriers. And, you know, you, it, when I've done this in the past, I can instantly feel like that, the, the softening of that person because they feel loved, they feel appreciated, and they feel acknowledged. And it does take that, um, almost that harshness away, or that, um, oh, this is going to be a really serious thing right now. And, um, yeah.
1: And it makes it safe for them to open up as well, doesn't it? You know, you're creating a safe environment for them to then actually say what they want from the relationship too.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think when you when you learn these tools, I call them tools because that's the only way to kind of talk talk of them, but when you learn these tools and you bring them into the relationship, like I have done, I said, um, the trainings that I've done, it's encouraged him to learn the same tools and it's encouraged him to use the kind of same framework and same language in. Um, so you can learn and grow together because, as you know, it's a relationship. It's not a, you know, one of you does the work, and one of you doesn't. And, you know, you both have to be in alignment and you both have to be moving in the same or a similar direction towards what you both want to together and what you both want to co-create. Um, you know, you can't be in a relationship with someone. I mean, you could, but you would be I'm sure very unfulfilled and very unhappy with someone that isn't willing to meet you in that place of, of communication and of understanding and of, um, openness to to improve the relationship
1: absolutely it's all about creating that balance so that you're both giving equally to the relationship and one isn't sort of giving more than the other and feeling you know a bit of resentment around that
2: yeah yeah absolutely and I speaking of the resentment piece I you know remember so much that I would hold on to I wouldn't express what I needed. I wouldn't express what I wanted. And I would hold on to so, so much resentment. And then when you hold on to all this resentment, then in two, three weeks down the line, it comes out like this crazy ball of fire. And all of a sudden you're, you know, you're in this huge blowing argument and there's like a lot of tension and a lot of arguments and things like this. But when you do, you know, when you implement these really simple tools in your life, that the resentment goes because you speak about it within the day you know you speak about it in the moment as it comes and kind of navigate through that experience as opposed to letting it all backlog and then you've got all of this kind of you get all this um backlog of stuff to deal with
1: yeah because it all builds up doesn't it subconsciously whether we realize it or not
2: yes So
1: any final words that you'd like to add before we end up, um, bringing the episode to a close today, Hara, that you. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, so I shared the, about the communication tools, but I also think it's important to share, um, as I said, before you kind of start expressing what you need and want, maybe you're at a place where you can actually do that and you've already done, you know, you've already kind of dug into your childhood experiences, um, for anyone that's really wanting to, to, to start learning to express what they need and want, I would really recommend that, as I say, you do that digging work and you find out what may be impacting your ability to ask for what you need and want. And to take the time to learn what your needs are. I think often at times we want our needs to be met by others and we don't know what we need and want because we've been disconnected from our needs for so long, for as long as we can remember. So actually take the time to get to know what your needs are Um, and this could be for example something really simple as when a difficult moment comes up in in your life or you're going through an emotional challenge instead of pushing that to one side that is a clear signal that there is a need there is a need for your love your attention your support so by identifying that you need something (laughs) you begin to acknowledge yourself and recognize that you have needs and you start to learn yourself better and what your needs are. And then it's much easier to ask what you need from others. So ask yourself, how can I work towards fulfilling my own needs? And how can I recognize what my needs are? And how can I learn? How can I get to know and learn what my needs are? Um, And ask yourself, what do I need in this moment? So just a quick little um, nugget there. For anyone that is wanting to to start getting to know what their needs are, just start by asking yourself those questions. And then, once you know what your needs are, then it's much easier to go out and to ask others for what you need because you're 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 more in touch with yourself and more in touch with what you need and want.
1: Excellent, love it, and great great advice and a great gem of information there. So um, for those that are very interested that are listening now in knowing how they can connect with you hara what what is your best contact information
2: um my best contact information is probably on instagram that's the channel i am most active on and my username is um at hara.bloom yeah
1: excellent and for any other information that you'd like to know about hara Those will be in the show notes. So if you want to connect via any other means, then Harrah's information, as always, where the guests are concerned, is always in the show notes. So that just leads me to say thank you so much, Harrah. It's been a fantastic conversation. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And um, thank you for being so vulnerable enough to share your own personal experiences relating to the subject of um, knowing your self-worth. Really
2: appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lynn. Thank you for having me. So on that
1: note, it just leaves me to say, as always, true love starts with opening our hearts.
0: And until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.